0: Good morning, everybody. It's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. It's July the 23rd, and you are live with me here in upstate New York. Uh, Wherever you're joining me from, please put it in the comments below. I always like to know where we are getting viewers. Sometimes it's in uh, could be the Middle East could be in South Africa could be in New Zealand uh, people staying up late in Australia thanks very much appreciate that uh, as well as here in the states um you know it's interesting I was doing a uh, we do mystery shops for my online training which you'll hear about today because we're starting a sprint this Thursday but we did a mystery shop of a store and you know the uh, person, the shopper waited 15 minutes to be waited on. How long do you think people will wait before they get a uh, service? How long do you think that is? Do you think it's five minutes? Do you think it's three? Do you think it's one? Do you think it's I don't know, unlimited? What do you think? Do you think that people are willing to wait around uh, while somebody uh, has something else to do? You know, the shocking fact is that most people wait about three minutes that's it three minutes that's it and you know who the people who want to wait the least are what generation it would be any thoughts no actually it's not gen z it is the boomers i know shocking who do you think the most patient generation is yeah it's gen z who would have thought and uh, i think so many times we go through and you know in sales direct we we bake in the idea that you need to do mystery shops because frankly, what's the point if you don't know what they're doing on the sales floor, why are you doing any of it? Right? We have to hold people accountable. But uh, when I read further in this mystery shop, one of the most disquieting things was how the employees went from whatever the person was looking at to saying, Oh, well, you could get this for half the price. It'd be just as good. People are selling from their own wallets at a record rate because most employers are not training them what to do or see the opportunities and what they can do. And I think what ends up happening is you end up limiting the money that you can make in your business. And then you pretty much bitch them at it to all your friends about how awful it is to be a business owner. And that doesn't matter whether you're a big boy or a small girl or a big girl and a small boy or, or whatever. I don't know where I was going with that. But the idea that a big or a small business uh, doesn't matter if you allow your employees to sell from their own wallets. So uh, that's right, Nancy, you got it. Uh, we would think it's boomers are the ones who are the uh, most patient, but it is indeed not. Hey, good morning, Heidi. Glad you're here today. Lori, I'm glad you're there. Ayaz, wonderful. Joanne, glad you're here. I'm going to answer your question as well. And uh, those of you who like what I have to say, give me a thumbs up. Even if you watch this on the replay, because let's face it, a lot of us, uh, it's a beautiful summer day are going out and doing things. That's why we're noticing people are talking about uh, travel once again. They're excitedly showing what they're doing because it's been three years and a lot of us are saying, hey, if it all could end again, I'm going to get some time in in the sun or the beach or whatever it's going to be. So those of you joining me live, I appreciate that uh and i just want to let you know that this wednesday i'm doing a webinar tuesday at 1 p.m it's called maximizing retail opportunities unleash the hidden power of your store so i'm going to be talking about the power of your data i'm going to be talking about customer feedback optimization i know what is that and i'm also going to be sharing the orange principle of merchandising i've never done this before but i'll be explaining that so i hope you'll tune in and i will put the link in uh actually i think i can do that now let's hope that i can uh, post a comment let's see if that works there's your registration that you can there it is all right good so there it is you can register for it there as well all right so let's get to your questions because we have some interesting questions today and you want to get out to the beach and uh by the way if you like what i have to say do me a favor again make sure that you give me some love some applause whatever it is on the platform you're watching Joanne asks, "How do you handle a customer that doesn't know boundaries and encroaches on another customer's comfort zone space?" Uh, that's interesting because when I first read this uh, this morning, Joanne, I was thinking, like, how do I handle a customer who is invading your space? And you can simply say, "Can you give me some space?" Um, I'm not sure. how handle a customer that doesn't know the boundaries and encroaches on another customer's comfort zone space—that's um, kind of an odd, odd one to deal with, Joanne. But I think. Uh, it's always appropriate, especially after the pandemic, to just say, can you give me some space? I don't know if you are wanting to get in between two customers, right? So you're thinking that some customer is encroaching on another customer space. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to get into that myself between two customers. But if it's between me and somebody else, I go, oh, can you give me a little space here? I have typhoid. No, you probably wouldn't do that. But uh, the goal is you wanted to get them to say that um, just be free enough to say that, and you should give that permission to all your employees uh, to be able to do it. I know I was at a restaurant in Los Angeles with um, a man and a woman, and then another woman was next to me. This is before, right around right before the pandemic, and we're having dinner, and the manager. Come, manager starts serving us and I go, why are you here? And he goes, my server didn't feel that she could trust that man because he put his arm around her. And I was like, what happened? And he had, I remember him, he, as she was coming to the table, he was trying to read the list or whatever. And he leaned in, put his arm around. And I was like, wow, you know, it's a different world. And um, she felt threatened and all sorts of things. So she told her manager, I think that probably went one way But quite simply, you want to give your employees the ability to speak up if they feel like that's uh, encroaching. I hope that helps. Top fan Susan asks, how do you compete when people race to the bottom? I'm assuming you're talking about uh, your competitors. I think you ultimately have a choice. What lane do you want to serve and then decide on it? I think a lot of people have gone through and they've bought really interesting uh, products or merchandise, and then they've gone through and someone else in their community has bought it as well. And now they're talking to the vendor like, oh, these people are undercutting me all day long. Look, there's always going to be somebody cheaper. There's always going to be somebody cheaper. I don't care what you sell, how you do it. Um, But you have to decide, I'm going to choose people over products and market to those you know. Ultimately, I think the race to the bottom comes from people who are desperate one of the biggest things we ever have seen is uh, young people who open a skateboard store. They love skateboarding. So they open a store, you know, with somebody's money and then they decide that, you know, they don't want to charge a lot. So they really undercut everything. And of course, what happens, they go out, they went out of business in six to 10 months. This happens to bicycles. This happens to a lot of hy- hobbies that somebody has a great passion for. And then they open a store and realize I can't make money on it. So then they go out of business and then of course, then it's half off and 60% off and they destroy the market. There's always going to be people entering who don't know what the value of the product is. They don't know how to march, mark things up. I think it's just really important you understand who my customer is. They appreciate what I'm doing. And and I would encourage you to not keep looking what other people are doing because it's rare. You know, I'm doing a business makeover uh, in upstate New York of uh, for... Uh beverage centers, beer and, and beverage and things. And it's easy to become, oh my gosh, the grocery store has it at this price and we have it at this price. And some guy has it like, if someone's in your store and they're buying the product, they're there to buy the product. They're not at that point going to say it's a dollar less. And if those people are someone you're worried about, you're probably going to lose your business because quite simply, someone chose you already, exceed their expectations and make sure that they want to rave about you. Does that make sense? If that gives sense, put it in chat for me. Give me a thumbs up. Yes, that makes sense. Put a Y in there. Let me know you're working because we got to get those synapses firing even early on a Sunday morning. Uh, And I would, Michael says, here we go. Michael says, race the Bob." We see it in the small towns in USA. If one store opens within six months, you can predict copycat. Usually you watch both crash. Yeah, exactly. Because they suddenly get an idea and like, oh yeah. But they didn't really do the hard work. And the hard work is about, really exceeding people's expectations oh i'm glad thank you sharon i could not agree more look at that great picture by the way uh and just a reminder that if you sign up for sales rx which is my online retail sales running program by this thursday you'll be able to be uh in the sprint it's the last one we're going to have for the year where we have four bonus group coaching sessions live with me And we help hold you accountable. And one woman said to me last week, this is the best investment I ever made in my business. Too bad that I let my employees let me stop a couple years ago because they didn't want to do it. Those people are all gone. And now I have a new crew and they are excited to be able to learn how to actually engage people and have fun with me. So check out salesrx.com, just like you saw, S A L E S rx.com that would be great oh heidi yeah i know this weird thing is uh sometimes you know you but you should be able to give me a heart at least afterwards but i hope that that helps so there you go facebook the whole app thing has gotten really weird is that true for any of you like the i used to have two apps right so in social i would have my um You'd, I'd have my regular Facebook at the top and then I'd have my Facebook manager. And then now you had to switch between them and you know, on your phone, you're like, oh my God, I posted as me instead of my business and craziness stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, Facebook and apps and threads and all of that stuff, it's kind of hard. We'll talk about that some other time. Cindy asks, how does the sales process change in the earlier parts of the customer interaction when you already know a person? Well, I think the key is building rapport. I mean, I think a lot of times we go through and we say, oh, I know this person. And I'll say, oh, okay, Cindy. So uh, tell me, wh- what do you know about them? Well, I know they bought a swimming pool from us. Like, well, what's their name? Well, I don't know them that well. Well, then commit to know their name if you know them that well. And they come in a lot. Oh, I know they have kids. Like, big deal. That's not really it. You have to know that you might have made initial rapport with them you remember the purchase you remember you've seen them before but unless you actually know them well enough to know names and products you need to really focus on your listening because i'm one of the worst people with names i own it i have taken the whole you know see the person and then see you know jane uh jane um i don't know jane Jane sunny. Let's just say that would be too obvious, but so see a sunny day on the beach and see lemon yellow. So when you associate her, you'll go lemon and sunny. And it's like, yeah, I I get all of that, but I just don't have the patience for that. (laughs) You are a horrible person for not remembering names. I'm the same way, Michael. Uh, I, I joke about this all the time, but I had a chorus, as some of you know, I'm a conductor and I had a chorus for 20 some years. And I remember this woman had a question and I was going to call on her and I just looked at her. I go, uh, I know you, I, I know you sing alto for me for 20 years. You've been to my house and we're great friends. I just cannot, she goes, it's cat Bob. It's like, all right. So sometimes you just have to be honest. But I always say if you think that you know people great, oh we have we lo- I know my loyal customers. If you don't know them by first name, if you can't know what their car is, you don't know what you have in common, you don't remember the story that you shared with them, then you're probably not listening enough. So SalesRx helps with that because we give you tools for how to listen and uh, see things that let people open their hearts to to them. And one of the things that we hear over and over from our uh people who use sales or actually actual associates is it made me better in my personal life because now I understand how do I talk to friends and make a back and forth conversation instead of just waiting to say something and they wait to say something. So I hope that helps. Jackie says, what do you think sales will be for this Christmas season? I think for the right retailers, it's going to be better than last year. I think clearly the consumer who has money is still shopping. Uh, as much as the pundits have been saying we're in a recession deep hole any time now oh my god the world is crashing no one's buying oh my god retail's dead it just keeps coming back you know we are now year over year positive yeah may was a little bit uh, chunky with weather and things but we are now year over year positive uh, with june um but Frankly, if you are expecting customers just to come to you and buy more, you're probably mistaken because while the idea that customers are out there, certainly going to brick and mortar stores, most of you are letting your employees sell by their own wallets and discounting the crap out of your merchandise. And all they can really keep going over, going back to another mystery shop that we did a couple of weeks ago, the young man just kept saying how, well, you know, it's 30% off right now. And like, Like, idiot, what's wrong with you? It's 30% off. Don't you want to buy it? It's 30% off. If that was all they needed, they already saw your 800 signs around it. What are you adding to the sale to make it go out your door? If you're not, you're probably subtracting because that's an annoying sales practice that means either I don't have the money or you idiot. And if you just take a step back and take your crew how to bond with somebody and build rapport, then you get the right to sell the merchandise at full price and you don't have to be 30 or 40% off. So I hope that helps. David asked me, what percentage of sales should you use for advertising? I think the question always becomes, David, what do you consider advertising? For me, uh, I use a CRM, a customer relationship uh, management program called HubSpot. It's very expensive. It's what I use the newsletter for. It's what my blogging platform is in. It's what connects everything. Um, that could be seen as part of my advertising, because I do inbound marketing, which means I'm going through and creating content. So people come to the site. If I was paying for someone, for example, to write that, or I was paying for someone to manage that, that would be could be part of it. Other part of it could be paid advertisements, that certainly is it. But I think a lot of times, particularly online, we create ads, and we haven't really thought about well, when they see that ad, where are they going and what are they taking action on? Some of you will have followed me for a long time. I do promotions every now and then on Facebook. Sometimes I boost a post that I think like, oh, well, this'll you know, get people's awareness. Well, awareness is one budget, but frankly, the more important is <clears throat> the people who have taken action what we call the sales qualified leads on your site. How do we bring them farther into the funnel? So you might say, oh, well, I'm gonna make some videos. Well, there's a cost to that. There's a cost to getting that seen cost of it being hosted. I use Wistia. You could also use BombBomb. Sometimes you see the animated little ones I send. Um, there's always always that. But I always think that what do you call advertising is important. And frankly, um, understanding that av- <clears throat> advertising is a frosting on the cake. Example I used to use when I first started out 30 years ago, which a lot of you are baby boomers, you'll understand it. But if you remember the Mary Tyler Moore show, Mary Tyler Moore uh, was fairly attractive and funny and and you know everything about her character in the show. But when she invited people to the party, it was like the worst parties no one wanted to go. Just It was always horrible. And I always say, you don't invite people to a party that's no good. If I'm going to go to your store and you're going to promise, oh, we're exciting and fun and we have events and everything, and I walk in and I've got somebody with a mental toothache. Yeah, can I help you with something? Let me know. I'm over here doing anything rather than talking to you. Then you might as well have just dug a hole, (laughs) poured that money in and buried it and said, I did my job. So always be careful that you are thinking about not just the advertising, what you pay for it, but what do you want them to do? And then are you really looking at the results? You know, that old mantra, Oh, you know, I know 50% of my marketing is effective. I just don't know which 50 (laughs) those days are gone (laughs) because in, especially in online ads and social platforms, which is really where we're going. You know, everything is going to be going more and more to social networks and selling that way because with ChatGPT, a lot of what we've done with the web is just going to become obsolescent because ChatGPT will answer things. We're not looking necessarily for go to the site and click. So, you'll, so uh, certainly something I'm concerned about, I'll be honest with you, but you should be as well. So just think about that when you're talking about advertising, think about all the things that add up to that. And then whatever you can afford, I'm always a big one to say, spend it. Because we got to try. And in this marketplace right now, pretty much everything we can try is good. Uh, but don't just do things out of habit. Kind of like I did with the uh, Sunday morning um, conversation with all of you. Certainly during the pandemic, I did them every day for six, eight months. And then afterwards I did them every Sunday. But at some point you have to say, hey, you know, maybe I'm too accessible. Maybe I want to pull back a little bit and let them look for it. So I hope that helps. By the way, if you've stuck with me this far, uh, give me some thumbs up, let me know you're out there, put a why in the comments so that the algorithm knows that you're engaged because it's always looking at, are people staying and are they engaging? That's the key for all of you, whatever you do. If you're doing lives like I do, I always encourage people to do it. I know I use StreamYard. StreamYard makes you kind of register, I think, for uh, Facebook to be able to let you do it. I think linkedin and youtube it allows so uh i understand that all right our last question coming up and by the way uh in the last two minutes if you have any questions let me know put it in the comment while i'm live i read every single one and i will post the link to the webinar again after this bob asked me uh oh this is a long one so he's talking about shoplifting and he showed me this video uh in manhattan where they are locking up the ice cream uh in stores with a padlock and of course that gets a lot of people to go oh my god what is the world coming to uh and it gets me really upset of course it does um you know people like to say the law enforcement in my state in many states won't do anything uh but give them a ticket look the reality is without sounding like tipper gore back in the 80s who said all of the bad things were coming from rap music Everywhere you go, if you watch a movie or a TV show, it's cool to see people ripping things off and you know, screwing the man. And it doesn't matter if it's something big or something small, it's pervasive. As well as it's easy. Ice cream they talked about with ice cream. If you rip it off, especially name brand, you take it, put it in a cooler, and you can sell it online to people in a hot summer day for a buck and you make the money. You know, we can't tra- track all of that. So I understand it. The problem, what's happening is the more things get locked up, like when I go into my CVS now or Walgreens, you need to find somebody with a little scrunchie to unlock it. I wish they just allowed my app to unlock it and then I could take whatever it is. But you got to do what you got to do. And uh, theft is a big deal. But, um, you know, blaming law enforcement, I don't think is the answer. Um, There's much more things that are going on around us than just say we need to put them in jail. Uh, You know, why is that allowed? So your question is, my question is, can you raise the customer service level so shoplifters will almost feel intimidated? And the answer is yes, Bob. And you know what the most easy way to stop shoplifting is get your people out from behind the damn counter and go and look for the color of their eyes. You get that close and you suddenly become like, I'm being seen, I'm being watched. Now, it's not going to work for everybody. Uh, But, you know, a lot of these grab and go things are isolated big box things. And then they've been told don't run after them. I still believe don't run after them because I don't want you to die for a pint of ice cream. But if you look at their eyes, it's a good chance that you have made a connection that this is a place that is not comfortable. Because there's a lot of other places out there they go steal from, not like you, who aren't going to notice it, right? I can't tell you how many stores I walk into and I'm like, is anyone here? And someone might be behind uh, out in the stock room or something, but they've gone down to one person coverage. And you're just like, wow, I could take pretty much anything I wanted. Of course, I'm not going to do it. But if you really want to go through, Katie, you've exactly got it. Katie carries an awful lot of very expensive items and she could easily be a grab and go person. But why do we go through and think the answer is I just need to call the cops more? Notice that people go through and they see you they're going to be less willing to take things from you right uh sharon says you always make me think do not always agree but making me think is excellent that's the whole point sharon if i can get you to think then i my job is done i love that i love that and finally another sharon says so true where are the associates doors are empty is it hard to find workers it is hard to find workers let's make let's make no bones about it but i think this idea that we can just spread the table." out in our stores and people, honest people will, uh, you know, be honest. Ultimately, we say it doesn't matter. You know, I, I, I was in a store recently, a little ice cream store, and it opened with one person and there's a line out the door and, and they're like, oh, we're so grateful for people. It's like, you shouldn't have opened one person. You should open three or four because it's a game of speed. And that's my final point to you today as we're talking about, again, SalesRx Sprint coming up this Thursday. Don't forget, join salesrx.com. Just do it, shut the hell up, stop bitching and moaning on your uh, other uh, you know, merchant pages about how hard it is to be you and listening to all those people and it's the damn government and it's politics and it's everyone else but me, I'm doing everything great. <laughs> Just change the way you operate your store and you'll be happier. 83% report a double digit increase in sales. And don't forget the webinar this Tuesday, where I'm going to talk about the orange box principle of merchandising. But uh, it's about speed, all about speed. I started this broadcast today talking about the average person will wait no more than three minutes. That's baby boomers before they're, they are out. And once that happens, they are out. Why would anyone be waiting three minutes? Because your employees aren't trained. If you're waiting on two or three people, get your ass over there and and greet this person so they know you are important. But we don't. We take our customers for given. We take them for granted and say, "Well, they'll they'll come back, you know, they'll call back." No, they won't. They will simply go online or they'll go to somebody else. And then you're going to tell me, "Oh, it's the it's Amazon." Well, Amazon's a big competitor why? Because speed. I can go on there, it remembers me, knows what I ordered. Do you want to reorder this? Yes. Do you want to return this? Fine. Do you want us to do you want to contact the vendor? Great but we take our customers for granted and then we feel like we can do anything and i'm telling you customers notice so if you want to change if you're ready to say hey i'm ready to change i got the answer join me for sales or x four bonus in-person uh, uh, workshops with me and you don't have the chance to be able to say it's those damn customers are just not biting i just needed to get more bodies in the store no you don't i can guarantee you you don't need to get more bodies in the store you need to convert those who come in Everyone that walks in the door is a chance for them to spend $1,000 to you. If you don't think that, then you're going to limit your ability and you're going to limit the way that you look at selling. And you're going to say, I don't want to sell. I don't want to be salesy. Great. Then starve. Because there's plenty of people out there, plenty of boutiques opening around you who understand I've got to make somebody else's day before they're going to make my day. And with that, I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doc. little kick in the side parts if you, if you watch me the whole 24 minutes. And I appreciate you because you're out there trying to figure out every day, how do I do better? If I can be a partner with you, that's great. And uh, I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks so much.